Hello and welcome back to Beats and Bites. I'm Sydney. And I am Lauren and we are back together on the air again. Yay! Oh, I'm so happy to talk to you again, Lauren. This is so exciting. I feel the same. So we are glad to be able to do this. I guess we just want to, you know, let those know um, who've been following us. It's because it's been, a, you know, a couple of weeks uh, kind of with the radio silence, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> right. But um, my mom had passed away. I had been um, helping uh, take care of her with some health issues for many weeks and kind of doing a bunch of different things in addition to juggling these first couple of episodes. And then sadly, she passed away. So we took some time um, off, but we are back now. And of course, it would be remiss of us to not speak about two of the more major music events that had happened while we were um, on hiatus. So we do want to address those just really quickly and then jump into today's topic, which is digital twins, which I think really, Sydney, we have to pat ourselves on the back about this. I think we're one of the first to be able to speak about this um, in a podcast from a music point of view. And it's, you know, so appropriate right now because everybody's all AI, AI. Um, And let me just say, you know, for somebody who has been tracking AI and working on her own startup, you know, in the AI space for a few years, everybody before was like, oh, it's so academic and AI is only, you know, for academia and blah, blah, blah. And now... You know no, what I mean? No, sir, that is not it's all the case. like, oh, AI, right? Everybody's an effing expert. So anyways, <laughs> in the spirit of that, we're going to talk about that. But Sydney, let's just, um, you know, rewind um, really quickly. Any thoughts on like the Grammys? Because I didn't watch them. My mom had just passed away right before them. But of course, I did see clips, you know, later. Any Any thoughts on the Grammys and Sam Smith and all that other good stuff? Um. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I'm trying to remember what the. It seems I, like a like a thousand like years ago, right? But it was only ago. a couple of weeks ago. There was much controversy about Sam Smith and all of this kind of. Many are saying demonic, um, yeah. you know, kind of performance. Uh, you know, I'm not really going to get into that. You know, if that's what your thing is, like, you know, good for you. It's, it's not my thing, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not feeling that. Um, and that mixed with like the, the Pfizer sponsoring it all, a lot of people were like, it's "What?" Utter chaos, yeah. When you kind of learn utter like chaos. The, yeah. the back end of the Grammys, which is kind of crazy, when you learn all like all the sponsor companies, and you kind mm. of like get into the works of it. For me, I was like, "Oh wow, you know, like I'm really happy that Sam Smith and Kim Petras won this award. It's the first for women, uh, transgender women. It's the first she's been recognized. Like, uh, that's incredible." But kind of like leaning more into the controversy, I feel like that kind of took away from that moment. I didn't really read much into the controversy. I was more into the highlights. So Mm. that's kind of just the way I roll. (laughs) Got you. And of course, I was more into the hip hop side of things when I was able to look at, you know, different data afterwards. Let's just put it right out there in, you know, in uh, terms of, I guess, giving hip hop always its flowers. CBS did... Uh, recognize that this was a, a three-year high for Grammy viewing, and I hardly think, yeah. hardly think, it was just a coincidence, um, given the fact that you had no fewer than 27 artists in the hip-hop genre coming Ooh. together to perform for Hip Hop 50, right? So I don't right, think everybody yeah. was tuning in for everything else or whatever, right? I just have to say there was probably that, and I'm uh, very happy to see that. So Okay, wait, the ultimate 
controversy that went around. How do you feel about Harry's house winning? Huh? I feel like that was more controversial than I thought it would be. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Even when when you see even Spike Lee get into the fold, right? Of like, you know, yeah, Beyonce never wins the- album of the year, et cetera, et cetera. Now you really know, wow, this is really, um, you know, more crazy than one would think. I don't think that there's ever going to be a lack of controversy around that category because exactly. it is it is the pinnacle, you know what I mean, of everything, of every other category and everything that's happened during uh, the year. I don't like think anybody one. will ever agree on it because you have to throw all the genres together and then pick one out of them. And what, how does one actually like, what is, what is the criteria is of the, best yeah. really? Do you know what I mean? Like uh, the most harmonic, the most views, the most this, the most that, like what, what is that? And it's actually ac- never really um, like kind of laid out there. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's cause it's not just on melodic quality. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know, yeah. but yeah, you're right. The, the controversy around that was like, Wow. Like, yes, a very, very much of a sore spot. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. But I guess in the words of the late Calvin Klein, all publicity is good publicity. Is and at yeah. least if there's controversy, that means somebody still cares. Right. So I guess Harry's laughing that these days, is so. a good thing for the Grammys overall. Of course, mm-hmm. what we had wanted to do, you guys, was add our own Sydney and Lauren categories, categories of like best metaverse performance, hottest yeah. NFT, etc. You'll just have to wait until next year. Sorry for, for all that. <laughs> yes, and we will be closely watching. So that's our little bit on the Grammys. And of course, we have to touch on Super Bowl for a minute from a Riri point of view. Sydney, oh, what are your okay. thoughts? What are your so, thoughts, girl? I first of all, I'm actually a huge football fan, so I did. Oh, good watch, for you! Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm American, and it's I feel like it's in my culture. I don't know. And I'm also Canadian, so a lot of my friends don't really watch it, don't know all the rules. So for the first time ever, I, I got invited to a Super Bowl party. And I was like, Hell, <laughs> congratulations! Yes. Congratulations! I did it! I did it! I I tried. I like really threw it out there. I'm not gonna say that I invited myself, but I was like, so guys, like Super Bowl, like what are we doing you just got to insert yourself um <laughs> but obviously like I was with my girlfriends and they were all like yes the Rihanna concert um so for, she first of all every single song I knew every single word to but um did you know that she also had the are we allowed to swear I guess bitch better have my money <laughs> nft drop um no yeah, what, okay. In in concert with and no pun intended with the, the terminology, but in concert with the actual performance of it. Yeah. So they had so this NFT drop and they um I guess on February sixteenth, all the people who bought the NFTs, they sold out obviously in a few minutes, uh, will receive their first payout from it. And um, yeah, they will uh, have streaming rights to the re song and they receive royalties when it's streamed for life now. So uh, yeah, that was the kind of, I didn't know about that before the Super Bowl. And then I was like, oh, that's a really interesting thing. So now, I and mean, the why song- not tie something like that in 
in a much more direct way, Sydney. I don't know. I was like a little bit mad at Apple Music because I wanted them to be like, I like the pomp and circumstance of like, you know, when Pepsi did it and you see that massive logo on the screen first, it's animated and like, you know, whatever. And then, you know, at the end, it's all official. Like Pepsi, thanks you for watching the Super Bowl halftime show. Like something like, you know, really um, massive just happened. And I feel like Apple was like <laughs> low in the lower left-hand corner yeah, when the really like, like promo came up, you'd see like the Apple logo. And that was, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, it's like Rihanna's so. halftime show sponsored by Apple. Like, right. <laughs> and I just, I'm, I'm really curious about that because if, if I spent that much money and it's not much money in terms of what Apple generates overall from the, its core business, right? But if yeah. you're going to spend that amount of money, you might as well like insert yourself a little bit more. I don't know. I mean, obviously, all of the the streaming um, numbers have been through the roof afterwards. Yeah. But I mean, I think it is the point to encourage more subscriptions, you know, of Apple Music, or what, is it just for streaming for the artists? What, what kind of is that? Because I just wonder what the metrics of success are around it. But yeah, I was kind of like surprised about that. But let's talk about the performance a little bit. Ah! Um, the marketing. I just, I was okay. I have to admit it. Okay, let me just say it. I was disappointed because you want to just see. Come on, that J Lo pole dancing in the air, oh, that Beyonce yeah. type of you know choreography that's pulled off, you know, without a hitch. You want to see that, and obviously when someone's pregnant, you can't. Yeah, she's do not gonna those. be doing that. With the right. baby inside. <laughs> so why not say, I would love to do this, but let's do it 2024. Like, I just didn't yeah. really understand that because it's all covered up. And like, if you didn't have 18 million people who look like they had hazmat suits on, it would <laughs> really have been like, I just didn't really understand that. Like, what are your yeah. thoughts? I, that's the thing. I think that the only reason that I, I liked it was because I love Rihanna's music. Um, obviously, I felt like the theatrics were a little bit less exciting than artists in the past I don't know I'm just kind of mm. basing it off we had The weekend who had these like crazy sets mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, all of, like mm-hmm. the cool camera angles and then right. we had I actually watched Shakira and J-Lo's performance how could you not ride. I loved it and you right. had the guests you had like it's, it just felt like the pace was a lot more exciting um I mean, yeah, it's just hard when you have just her and the dancers all look the same. You're on the same kind of set. So I did feel like, yeah, like we were missing some of those theatrics. But I like Rihanna's music. So I guess good for her for having so many hits. We will talk a little bit more about um, this. Believe it or not, it ties into our politics segment later on. So we'll we'll get off this (laughs) and on to today's current topic um which is digital twins but yeah that's what we have to say about super bowl damn it yeah. and one of the things about commercials just really quickly i really was um wishing that doritos had done a little bit more with the or maybe less with the recording artists that they did more with a few like less recording artists than they jam packed in that commercial yeah and then by because by the end of it you were like what and then that is similar to what you were saying um, before about like the NFT drop of Rihanna that actually ties into this whole Doritos 
Triangle Studio, where they, as a snack food brand, right, are trying to like create this content around NFTs and so much more, which I think is mad cool. But Mm -hmm. why wasn't that connection made like somehow through the commercial? And you have like Missy, come on, and like a brief nanoseconds in the ad. I was mad at that. Sorry, I didn't have to say that. No, I had to put that out there. (laughs) That's fair. I was actually really interested in that because I was like, oh, I wonder what they're gonna do. And I did had no idea before that ad. You would have not known from the commercial that they had that competition where I don't even know if you knew this Lauren, but they have a competition where musicians can submit pieces in their like Doritos triangle studio and win a competition and they can win a what cash is prize. This, what is this like, you know, shush, don't let anybody know type of branding I, these days. I know. Is it like the, the companies are so huge that the departments actually don't talk to each other. So it's like, they don't like really create a, a truly intersectional campaign. And, and I, I hate that. Like I hate mm-hmm. the missed opportunity because these companies do have very deep pockets and they are able to, you know, uh, pay these artists to do different things and be able to be innovative. And why like not connect all the dots? That to I me know. is just like, ooh, no. Even if you're looking like, actually, especially if you're looking for people to submit something and you have someone like Jack Harlow and Elton John who are, the face of this you even just like from a subconscious point of view you'd be so much more like excited to submit your work like when you know that those names are attached they might never even hear whatever but those names are attached and you have a new platform that you're trying to get users onto target a demographic that is younger which you've targeted with the artists already and you're not gonna say anything i don't get it i don't get it i don't don't get get it. it And it you're was like, paying like money yeah. too. Like, why isn't the CEO oh. like, this is not, <laughs> this is not a fully, like the needle is not fully thread here. I don't know. This We're is not to continue to watch this. change too. I know, it right? The mad box. money. Because you think about not just the time of, you know, the ad running itself, but then the, the cost of production, the cost yeah. of the artist, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway. my, my John is not cheap. <laughs> I hardly think so, right? Yeah, you're right. But just as a quick aside, I did really love that J-Lo um, Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Just had oh, to put that cute. out In the drive-thru. Love. Love. Right? <laughs> Such a crack up. All right. That that really was, I think, it it was totally, like, I don't have any issues with that. Like, what, whatever they were selling, either you were buying it or you weren't checking for it. But you got it. You understood it. It was funny. And it wasn't, like, you know, a thousand fireworks or whatever. It was just really, I think, so perfect because they do love Dunkin' Donuts. Why? Mm. I don't know. Um, Because if I were like J-Lo and Ben, I'm going to have like, you know, a restaurant level espresso machine in my house and somebody making (laughs) it. But that be that as it may, they really do drink that. And Ben really is a fan, right? Even before Mm -hmm. the the reconnect with J-Lo. So it was, you know, authentic and funny and even shot a little bit in a gritty way. So loved it. Yeah. Had to say that. So that that was a win. Yeah, Burritos, definitely a win. Not a win. <laughs> no, no. A win, a win in the making. Let's hope. Yeah, hopefully. So now to pivot, let's go on over to our digital twin scenario, Sydney. First of all, yeah. do you want to break down for our wonderful listeners, what the hell is a digital twin? Because I'm sure some people were like, I think I know, but I don't want to say, I don't know. Like, what is a digital twin? <laughs> Let's yeah. put it out there. What a, is an a official, An official, you know, description. description. The description coming from us. Actually, uh, what I was reading before 
is that they believe that digital twins are going to save the metaverse from being a fan. Fad. A fad. Well, now that's an interesting way to put it. Um, but I think, well, that's one part of it, I think. But let's back up just, I guess, a quick moment before we talk about, I guess, the application of digital twins to music, right? So yeah. um, IBM, which I guess we can pretty much trust as a, yeah. as a tech company, right? Um, IBM says, and this is verbatim on their site, a digital twin is a virtual model designed to accurately reflect a physical object. So this object could be anything and is obviously being used um, to make more cost-efficient strategies around maybe wind turbines or something like that. But of course, Sydney and Lauren don't really care about that application of digital twins. Come on. We're looking at it from a music point of view and the the pros and cons of what's going on with it right Mm -hmm. now because it's about being able to allow for simulations and so much more, right? So what are some of your thoughts on digital twins? Oh, okay. For me, I'm excited for where it's going. Um, I think you, from what I've been reading, kind of what I've leaned into is you're able to have like a a digital twin of an actual artist so that artist can be in like a bunch of different places at once um i'm reading about uh a chinese company a chinese entertainment show and they have ai celebrity hosts like Mm -hmm. just kind of further building the brand what i've noticed with kind of the metaverse as an all-encompassing thing is that the community is so important and this kind of is just another further way for artists to be almost like a hundred places at once. Mm. And um, even further than that, like kind of mending the digital world with the physical world a little bit more is like once you have that person that's performing for you and it still feels like the real person, but it's being played throughout. It's a live performance but throughout a hundred different places at once. I don't know. I just feel like it's a really interesting way, but it's also something it's like, how can you prevent somebody from using an artist without their permission? Well, I think that's going to be the biggest question of like this new era. And I was actually asked to speak at kind of legendary um, ad agency Droga 5 um, just a couple of days ago about hip hop, brands and of course emerging technology and so somebody had asked a question about you know ai and music and i said you know this is going to be a situation where um it's not going to be about reactive right and having like the legal team go after a b and c or they'll be doing that all day and all night yeah they're gonna have to actually become very proactive and understand the technology and be able to create um whatever structure around precedent while still being able to um, allow for for innovation, and so I think it's going to be massively challenging. I remember mm-hmm. and this is not really about digital twin per se, but still leveraging AI to do something which is very similar to somebody who is real. And this real person happened to be Jay Z, and I can't remember everything because this is going back maybe about three or four years ago now that there was some kind of AI application with his voice, and it was spot on perfect. Yeah, and then he had his legal team, you know, go after them, but. That's going to be like, you know, whack-a-mole. And I think that it's just going to move too fast for artists to kind of say, hey, you can't do this 
with my digital twin or something which is related to me, they're going to need to be able to figure out with, you know, I think the tech industry as a whole, along with the legal um, industry, how does this kind of begin to work so that everybody wins and there can still be innovation, but not like as a ripoff of something I've worked really hard to create? I like this idea that I'm reading about that, like how A&R people can kind of simulate the launch of a new artist. So let's say you were about to sign Jay-Z, right, back in the day. And you're like, I don't know if I should take a chance on this kid or not. Let me do a whole simulation of a digital twin. Let's create him and then see how this would work across budgets and across venues and kind of, you know, do almost war room scenario of like how – where where the benefits and like um, challenges around this that I think could be really interesting. That's really like, interesting. Simulating a whole artist like lifestyle um, could oh. be really really dope, right? Like yeah. a regional launching an album or regional tour. What are the outcomes of these decisions? This type of thing it, it kind of minimizes risk, and we know the mm-hmm. music industry loving it as it's, we do is not one that's like sitting around like really studying stuff that say like the financial industry does, right? It's a different yeah. story. It's emotionally driven and all that. This could make it much more rooted into something that's like I'm signing this because of X, Y, and Z. The flip side yeah. of that, however, though, is that it becomes too much of that. Like I'm only going to sign this because it performed well in my little you know, digital twin scenario, which, you know, still will have flaws, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I think there's just so many ways it could go, Sydney. I know. It's kind of interesting because it's, we've got two very different kind of perspectives going here. We have like, where I'm seeing it more is someone who's already established and able to grow. But it's really interesting that you talk about someone who's like at the very beginning of their career. I'm just wondering where your digital twin from the early stages starts, if you know what I mean. Like, right. Where, where, what, when does the digital twin the get bir- give birth? Yeah. <laughs> like, where does the digital twin go? Like, we do we put it on some sort of stage? Like, who is the judge behind the metrics of the digital mm. twin? And also, from another standpoint, is how much can an audience engage with a digital twin if they aren't engaged with the artist to begin with? I mean, you're looking at it from, like, more so of a business standpoint, all the back end people being like, okay, like statistically, how does this artist perform? Like, how do their songs go and stuff like that? But I'm thinking from more so a consumer perspective is how would someone be able to judge that if they don't know the real person who's behind the digital twin, which could lead to some problems for digital twins in the future if you don't have that initial emotional connection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very true. I think, um, and this reminds me of like, I think during either Tribeca Film Festival or some film festival most recently, there was like this quote unquote performance of not really digital twins, but just digital humans, right? Yeah. It's not it's not paired with a real person and some performance of that. And people were just kind of like, oh, interesting, because the uh, artist in air quotes would mimic whatever the actual physical audience was doing. So it was a little uh, hokey, but yeah. still a technological feat. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think we have to see how these things go. There's a, a producer who um, I was recently connected with who goes by the name of Black Elvis. And so he's produced songs for Beyonce, Fergie, and more. And he's working on a digital artist, not a digital twin, but just a digital artist, an artist that is, so, you know, not breathing and all that other stuff. And, interesting. you know, going to, you know, be able to introduce 
produce them. I don't know. For some reason, I feel that this would be more readily accepted in the Asian market than it will be in the Western market initially. Like this idea of like that. a thing, like an avatar-ish type thing that's like alive and people are getting into it. And of course, everybody was have to fall back on what about the gorillas? But that was very, mm-hmm. it's unique, huh? I mean, yeah. Not like there's been a million types of gorillas type things since they hit the scene, right? It's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, obviously the Asian market just in general seems to be more susceptible to this kind of technology and embracing it. Mm. I hope that maybe one day the U.S. could get there, but also I think it it might be a little bit more ingained, ingrained into their culture when you think about the kinds of content that they also like they enjoy watching like anime and stuff like that's maybe that's why they are able to like kind of take this on a bit more emotionally because they have that connection when it comes to more cartoon whereas here we're more into like live action con i'm i'm also maybe thinking of this from a film perspective as well Mm. which is constantly going through my head of course (laughs) right but i think from just the general storytelling perspective it, it is it is important part of it. And I think that's why we have the Asian market just being more susceptible to it. Um, I think I would definitely, definitely agree with you on that. I think that, you know, as usual, and that's why this show is so much fun to do, we bring up things that don't have answers yet because it hasn't been fully formed. But the real important thing is to, you know, just to begin to start asking the questions and kind of just visualizing this stuff not from a heavy kind of tech point of view, but just from a real kind of practical application, you know, Mm -hmm. point of view. And I think, I don't know, I'm really feeling it in terms of the simulation, even though IBM says that there is a difference between like digital twin and simulation because it's a matter of scale. Yeah. Um, But I do think kind of testing things out, I don't know. I find it intriguing just so long as it doesn't become the norm like the norm now is like if you don't have this number of followers like a and r is probably not checking for you like do you know what i yeah. mean yeah so i i don't know if it's something that enables greater creative freedom all for it if it's going to hamper it then get it no. out of here yeah <laughs> there you have it for there you have it any other thoughts on digital twins oh i know it's kind of an exciting thing i guess i was reading this a while back but just also the way that like merch is going to go for this is, I mean, digital fashion is really on the up recently. Everything that I read about fashion is like they're getting like the fidgetal. It's kind mm-hmm, of a lame mm-hmm. term, but mm, yeah. <laughs> like you hate to see it, but whatever. Um, so I wonder how that'll also kind of play into the market and also. So you I mean feel- like for merchandise and all that? Yeah, t-shirts? I just. I just feel like the one thing that is missing from this piece is just a singular kind of place to show everything off. Like for Mm. an artist to show off, like as a digital twin, for a consumer to show off the digital pieces, or I guess it would be just the digital pieces they've collected. It's just like, I feel like there's this huge release of stuff with, without a home. Mm, I and think I think that's a that's, really good point. That's going to be, I think the turning point is once we have this platform that will allow for 
people to showcase and watch on a universal i feel like there's just so much going around right now different platforms that there's not one universal spot and i think one for music in particular would be really interesting like just music related i don't know i think that that could be a good thing but i think also just given like kind of thinking about how gen z kind of also thinks is that for me this is a really cool web three play so as mm-hmm. Web3 begins to unfold and then you have these other elements that kind of sit across various people's, you know, Web3 areas or whatever, then yeah. that's where you're kind of showing this off. But you're right. There's nowhere yet. But as Web3 builds out, then these things will be kind of ready to go or, you know, almost be like not mandatory, but if you want to show off stuff and everything, you know what I mean? Like if you're somebody who's been like hoarding this stuff, or yeah, can't you'll, wait to you'll have a show bunch it. of yeah. stuff in your arsenal ready. Yes, to go. yes, yes. That'll be it. That like, will be it. I've I been waiting that... to show off my digital sneakers for years now. <laughs> Collect, get the dust off of them. <laughs> right, right. I think that that is a really great point, though, Sydney. Yeah. By the way, some of the um, elements that I were talk was talking about as um, digital twins pertains to music. I found um, a really good um, article on this by from something called Tata Consulting Services. In case anybody wants to look it up in depth, and then you know really go through. Um, specifics just as digital twins um, you know kind of relate to the music industry it's itself so putting that out there Ooh, um, some light reading for everyone yeah, light reading light reading what's in going on in the politics right now well of course politics as it intersects with music and even more specifically I guess hip-hop I haven't seen any like political stuff and like um, pop music artists unless you have so you can like feel free to jump in if you have but this is as as usual for me you know from the the hip-hop side of things so I couldn't help but notice that okay who voted for Ice Cube to be the spokesperson for all either hip-hop heads or <laughs> African-Americans or whatever yeah uh, on like you guy. know yeah well, I mean it's just like I'm Ice Cube and I'm representing this. And I'm like, okay, but that might be your point of view. I'm not sure if that represents mine or whatever, but, you know, good for him. Just always like uh, kind of branching out. And most recently um, was actually talking to uh, Maria Bartiromo, who I think is best known from like the Wall Street Journal report Mm -hmm. that she used to do now on Fox. Um, He was talking as always about his big three basketball league, but then he started just getting into the fact that like, you know, he thinks that the country is very uneasy right now. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, oh, that, couldn't you know, be America. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. And that the country's on this wrong track. Surprise, surprise. Um, you know, every, he said, in, you know, in quotes, everybody's got to look into the mirror and say, what can I do to make things better? That's the only way it's going to change. Um, Why you know, did I see that on Instagram or something? Like, I just. He thought, probably yeah, did, because <laughs> whenever he's talking about you know some kind of political scenario it it goes all across social and all that yeah I just think it's it's you know just very interesting and I always welcome all kinds of artists to get involved in everything what we're doing on every level I just find it so interesting that people defer automatically as if you know this person is representing all I think they're representing great their point of view and there are many who agree with it but there's like more to it than that like so let's just keep opening opening up like media and politicos. It's not this is not the only person yeah. who has a, a point of view on on the thing, right? Uh, let's just keep it keep it open. Yeah, I feel like 
for me, I'm kind of thinking that Ice Cube as our founding father. I I think people <laughs> people we love kinda, it. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> people, I think, just assume that that's because he is such like a big figure and like from somebody a, a group of people that are tr- oppressed and he, they just want him to be like the martyr mm. and i think people kind of believe that oh he's sticking up for everyone so therefore this should be the opinion that we all follow but it's interesting that you bring up that that's not necessarily the case all the time um especially when you have this like big political figure that's i mean not even i, I wouldn't even consider him a billionaire figure just like a kind of pop culture figure that's mm trying to express political views it's just kind of the bridge of okay that's what he's saying but is that necessarily what is going on and what the masses believe just because he has that mass following are we making the connection here and i it's interesting because i feel like also artists might be like oh i don't really have to say anything like ice cube's gonna do it for me you know oh well, that's an interesting way it might be also kind of the safety net of not saying anything is sometimes easier than saying something which for for someone who's an emerging artist is kind of like the debate you have to make it's like do i want my political views to be known or do i just share ice cube's photo because that's kind of like the easy way out hmm. i would say 100 on that if it weren't hip-hop because hip-hop usually doesn't give an f <laughs> that's true <Hip-hop's laughs> and so like, they're no. like this is what i think and this is what i don't think and you know whatever Um, but you know, I don't know. I think that people are still having a lot of considerations around his, uh, past meeting, you know, with Trump on behalf of black America. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't get the email on that. Like, uh, (laughs) I mean, where was my invite? (laughs) Right. Right. And I, I have some, if you're going to be, you know, putting forth, um, you know, requests, I mean, we have some, especially from African-American women, which I happen to be one. I did not hear any real major focus, you know, on that. So, you know, let's just slow the roll a little bit on- Get a Google form and get everyone's opinions. (laughs) There we go. Yes, yes. And we can like filter through here. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of people not giving an F, um, we got to like mention, okay, so I said we would run back to the Riri scenario very quickly, but- much was made of the fact that Kodak Black was in major agreement with former President Donald Trump saying that Riri's show sucked. Now, I think that's pretty interesting. And I just had to like, you know, throw it out there. What do you think about that, Sydney? I think ASAP Rocky is going to fight him. That's what I think. (laughs) And I think we're going to have a scrap and it's going to be UFC televised. Okay. (laughs) Why are you so funny? I think that that is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. he was steady um, co-signing, calling him Uncle Trump and whatnot. So we just have to see see how that all goes. But yep, this was Kodak Black. So, you know, got to throw that out into our little, you know, music um political moment and what else to bring it a little bit more local here in nyc everybody knows okay Mm -hmm. the mayor is eric adams and so jim jones is kind of helping mayor adams he has this like thing called mayor's cup of dance and so jim jones is like kind of campaigning for like cardi b and fat joe is like team captains for like this mayor's like 
cup of dance thing. You know, uh, Eric Adams is saying he's like the first quote unquote hip hop mayor, which I don't know how the criteria is set up for that. Like, like no comment. But- yeah, I was going to say that sounds like <laughs> someone who's like so desperately trying to be the cool guy. It's like, it's like, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. I'm not a regular mayor. I'm a cool mayor. I'm going to just leave that with you, Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> reporting from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think it's just like kind of uh, kind of funny to see like this, this tournament is still in the planning stages. He's looking for like prize winners and really trying to like, you know, be gung-ho about this whole thing um, with, you know, the mayor. So I just want to, to throw that out there. <laughs> these are my, these are my, you know, items. Yes, definitely a chuckle. Um, these are my items for a little political segment. This for this episode, as we of course get into the full on run up, which I know is going to be just like so many things for the presidential election. As we look at the intersection of music and, um, you know, tech and this whole presidential scenario, honey. And when be the presidents crazy. come, oh baby. Oh. 